Hi there, my name's Adam Parr. I'm the podcast host, the Parr City Podcast. In this podcast, you'll be listening to me connect with people from different walks of life, from the military to people in the music industry to people in the self-help industry and many other areas of life. In this podcast, I'll be talking about topics from self-help, mental health, motivation, spirituality, mindset, society, current affairs, and much, much more. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe, share, and let me know your feedback. My main intention on this podcast is to have a positive impact. For you, the the listener, to take something positive from it, to apply something positive into your life from this. Now, with without further ado, let's get into this podcast and enjoy. Tuning in, trying to find out how to win. Go along and tell a friend. Marathon, you know the game. Keep on running, never end. Getting better, make a man. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Adam got it. Positivity. Hi, and welcome to the Positivity Podcast. In today's episode, I'm with Adrian Weatherall. It's the second time that he's on the podcast today. He was previously on episode nine. He's a student mentor with much, much life experience in travelling and working with the police and much more. In today's episode, we talk about what's happening with COVID-19, how it's affecting businesses and people across the globe. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Adrian, Hi. Finally. (laughs) Good old internet. Good old internet. (laughs) Yeah. How are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, all good. Uh, all good, mate. Just uh, ticking along, you know. Just um, I can hear the birds be... in the background. You're outside. Yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd... it's probably quieter outside. To be honest, I've got yeah, fair uh, enough. My my dogs are in the house barking, you know, barking around. Um, and... Yeah. So I just thought, you know, try this, see what happens. It's the complete opposite for me. If I'm outside with the dog, then the dog just goes bananas at anyone passing the back garden. Yeah, so, uh, it, it's quite for me to be inside. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's quite funny, isn't it? The uh, dynamics, you know, was in a different scenario, aren't they? Like, um, yeah, no, dogs are funny, but they um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, my dog, but trust me, my dog's extremely weird. <laughs> <laughs> what dog do you have again? Because last time I, uh, I, 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 I yeah. I've got a I've got a schnauzer, but um, for people who own schnauzers, I've got the miniature version. Although looking at her, she doesn't look so miniature. She's a little bit overweight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's Easter time. It's fine. Exactly. She's just missing because <laughs> usually I would take her for like long hour to two hour long walks in in nearby woods mm. near me, but obviously due to the lockdown, so she's yeah. not getting that, and she's just pining for for that. And uh, she has to make do with the back garden, which she's bored of. She's just like a kid. She's yeah. just like a child, really. 
They are like little. They are like little children, aren't they? Dogs. They are. They're like little people. They are. They really are. No, she lacks imagination. I had a dog before her. Um, who was a um, she was a right mixture. She was Heinz fifty seven. Really streetwise. Um, mm. High, highly uh, intelligent, and uh, used a lot of her own imagination. So she mm. would be fine with the back garden. And she'd, she, you could see her. She'd just make games up and, and chase invisible cats around the garden. Yeah. <laughs> my present dog, bless her. She just, she just, she just looks depressed. She looks <laughs> thoroughly. <laughs> she just looks thoroughly depressed. And I'm like, you know, you don't know. You're born. You're living in the laps of luxury here. Yeah. <laughs> Bless. You probably hear mine in the back. I can hear your dogs now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, mine mine end up digging in the garden. My mum does all this gardening with plants. Oh yeah. And um you know, my mum mows the lawn and everything. And my dogs are like bury they'll like start like um do, uh, burrowing in in, yeah. the, in the grass. Yeah. And they're dachshunds. So I mean oh, they're kind of yeah. So you're walking along the garden, you end up tripping over like a crater in the garden. <laughs> oh, I love Daxons, yeah. Great oh, dogs. Yeah, they are. But um but yeah, no, I've been alright. I've just been like, you know, trying to focus on LinkedIn, you know, trying to make content, trying to, you know, do more podcasts and um, Absolutely. Just, just other projects, you know, like um yeah, setting up my website for my coaching, uh, yeah. podcast. And I've been thinking of doing a self-help guide for the um, kind of COVID-19 situation. So I've kind of been working on that a little bit on this app I've got on my phone. Nice. Yeah, just, you know, just trying to... You've got to keep I mean, yourself occupied. You've got to keep yourself busy mm, um, mm. because it's you're doing all of that in lieu of how you've been normally working. So normally Monday to Friday, well, for most people, unless you're shift workers, um, mm. you would have your time taken up by by work. So you need to fill in those hours similarly while you're at home. Yeah. And uh, I think it goes without saying, I like a lot of people who, when you meet them in normal circumstances, say, oh, you know, I wish I had the time. I'm always working or, you know, then I'm cleaning. Well, now you've got all the time in the world. You have Mm. literally all the time in the world. So exactly what you're doing. Get out there uh, on the internet and um, get your projects going. Mm. Yeah, it's just taking action, isn't it? And just it's kind of, simply you know. sitting down or standing up if you prefer to stand up doing yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Then yeah. Uh, and, and just take a first step. You know, yeah. jo- join a, a, um, um, a an internet site where you can either start publishing your work or creating a website and just start doing that project that you'd already uh, that you'd always mm. promised yourself that you'd do. Hmm. And there's loads of forums as well, isn't there? You can join and there's groups and there's like, you know, loads of people in the same boat. And I found that on LinkedIn and I think that kind of makes you feel, it kind of makes you feel a bit more reassured, you know, that you're not the only one in the same boat. Yeah. No, we aren't in the same boat. Uh, I mean, we are all in the same boat, but we need Mm. to find, um, as you said, the forums that uh, best appeal to us and what we we want to do. Got an idea. Uh, for a particular topic or subject then then go and find the people that are doing that and yeah. um, find that you aren't alone mm. no exactly like how how has it um kind of affected you like um i mean i think you briefly told me 
Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 a bit of a weirdo. I'm happy to admit that. That's why my dogs are weirdo. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm happy to admit that. Um, I, I own it. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I haven't lived a linear lifestyle. Um, I mm. haven't done the whole following a path. I, I I'm a bit random. I'm a bit maverick. Um, mm. It's just who I am. So I've already been in lockdown eight weeks prior to the coronavirus lockdown i was in i was living in south america and i i things just happen around me it's, it's probably best that people don't follow me physically because they'll end up getting into um difficult compromising positions which i tend to get myself into so i'm in south america and arguably historically one of the safest quietest calmest countries in south america and mm. then bish bash bosh they have a revolution um mm. so i was um i was in the middle of that um my business went belly up because i was teaching mm. and there was a lockdown the government had a lockdown mm. um and it wasn't safe for me to even go shopping because uh, at least half of the population of the country blamed foreigners for the revolution so i was properly in lockdown uh couldn't leave the house for eight weeks um didn't go out at all in case I was kidnapped or worse, you know, tortured, what have you. Um, so, yeah, having lived through that, now I'm in lockdown in my own country, it feels a lot better. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> so, um, to, to, to me, if I'm looking at it with perspective, um, the lockdown has, has been okay for me. Um, I've just yeah. already been through it once. Um, of course, I, I have empathy. I understand exactly what other people are battling with it can yeah. be tough if you're absolutely used to being out there on the road every day visiting people if you're an extrovert and i'm i'm one of those again weirdos i mm. do I, I am an introvert and an extrovert i'm both i can literally mm. flick a switch in my head and right i'm an introvert mode so that's fine i appreciate mm. the people that can't do that and they are through and through extroverts and they are absolutely gnawing at uh, at the furniture dying to be let out and mm. I, I feel for them. I really do. Try and keep your mind active, as we were just saying. You know, get involved with something. Start talking to people online if you haven't done already. Literally, get on Skype, get on Zoom, uh, get on WhatsApp video, and just talk to people face to face. Have a group meetings. Do something like that. Yeah, no, it does help those kind of things because I, I did it with my uh, coaching group. The people I did my coaching course with like two years ago. Yeah, and um. I hadn't spoken to them in two years and um you know it was it was nice to all catch up and touch base and um it's interesting to see that you know everyone's in a different circumstance and everyone's kind of got their own mindset towards it and their own way of coping and like i i was saying oh you know like we should be productive and we should use our time wisely yes and then um, someone else is saying that they're kind of worried about being too productive and just kind of busying themselves and burning out oh, absolutely like that. that is also extremely possible extremely possible we have to um look we're only answerable to to ourselves on this earth as far as i'm concerned and mm. we shouldn't beat ourselves up too much um over what we achieve and what we don't achieve in life <clears throat> and mm. we should be always looking as positively as we can about any situation we ever find ourselves in. So taking this one, 
um, you finally got time off. Use it wisely. If you need to literally have time off to do absolutely nothing and just veg about in the garden, then then do it. Because if that's what you yeah. feel that you need, um, just do it. And you don't have to apologize mm. to anyone for it. Someone says, well, what have you done today? Feel safe just replying saying absolutely nothing. And I feel great mm. for it. Mm. Because you will find that doing nothing will give you time subconsciously to reset your your, your, your programming, um, mm. your entire course uh, of life, the way you think about life. It's all useful. Doing nothing is actually something to do. Mm. And we forget it that. Gives you yeah. It's time to reflect. You know, it makes you reflect, makes you think. and like We need to do that more often than, 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 than not. Mm. Because in the normal world, but, you know, before COVID, we didn't have time to think. We didn't have time to breathe. You know, a lot of people, mm. not myself, but I know a lot of friends were like this, and they went up to London, had their job, they'd finish their work, they go straight to the gym, then they come back, and then, you know, they start cooking a meal and pick up on some emails that they haven't finished doing for work and then go to bed and, and, then, and then in the morning do it all again. And you think, you haven't had time to breathe, you haven't had time to think, you haven't had time to reflect. Mm. Mm. And now, the problem that we have now, I think, Adam, is the fact that we have too much. We've gone from one extreme to the other. There's been no gradual um, easing of us into this situation. It's been wallop. There you go. Suddenly, from having your day, perhaps a 16 to 18-hour day, bang, you've gone to nothing, zero hours. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit mental when you think of it like that because it's gone from like swimming in a paddling pool to like, you know, j- j- diving into the ocean. Yeah. It's like, okay, there you go. Yeah. And it's like, oh Christ, like, yeah. we're, we're not used to like this much free time. And um, well, I, so I actually use the, 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 the opposite of, of that imagery you just used. I think we've been swimming in mm. the ocean. We've been battling against tides, looking out for sharks yeah. and other dangers like that. And suddenly we find ourselves in a paddling pool. Um, mm. We've got all yeah, this experience of fighting mm. off uh, problems and surviving, and suddenly we mm. don't have to do any of that. Yeah. And you're like, well, what like- do I do in this paddling pool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly that's exactly it. And it's, um, it's interesting. It's, uh, it just kind of shows you kind of how hardwired we are to – to work, to be busy, to um, be distracted. And I think a lot of it is, you know, distraction, isn't it? We we do things to distract ourselves because sometimes we might be avoiding something, you know, so people distract themselves, they're going to do something. Oh, yeah, now. that is very true. Very, like, very true. You know, it's kind of coming to the surface and it's difficult. Absolutely. A lot, a lot of people, you're, you've hit the nail on the head there, which is something I hadn't considered um, until you brought it up, is that this scenario, the situation of us being at home, some of us alone, some of us with our own thoughts, uh, we find that very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because now we have so much time on our hands to think about ourselves, um, our positions in life. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it can be... Uncomfortable. It's like looking in a mirror mm. and not just looking at it just, just to glance at. It's actually studying ourselves. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that you're absolutely right. We prefer the conditioning of having things to occupy ourselves to take our minds off mm-hmm. reflecting on ourselves deeply mm-hmm. because that scares us. Yeah. It scares us to to really examine ourselves and think, well, am I what I'm doing, is it really, is it really what I want to do? Is it, is it even right? Is it moral? Is it ethical? Do I really enjoy it? And I think those questions for a lot of people can be very uncomfortable. Mm. We prefer not to question and just to, just to follow a path that maybe was made for us uh, or that we just started and we just thought, well, I'm on this path. I'll just, I might as well continue. Mm. it's really hard sometimes to stop and then think, well, maybe I've been traveling in the wrong direction all this time and maybe I need to backtrack. That is so hard to, to admit to oneself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And this time yeah. alone, or even with family, um, is very, I appreciate, is very hard for some people to, to think of that, especially if their businesses have gone to the wall. They think, that's it, you yeah. know, that my business is finished. I'm now having to think about maybe no longer being self-employed. Maybe I'll actually have to be employed or maybe I have to think of a new, uh, a new business entirely and start from scratch. I appreciate yeah. that as, as someone who started businesses in the past uh, and lost them. I, uh, I appreciate mm. it. Daunting, absolutely daunting, mm. especially mm. when you have a family as well. And mm. uh, these are challenging times. No, they, they are challenging times, but like, I, I think like deep down, you know, we can only grow from it in some way. I, I agree with you. you know? I, I, I personally uh, love, um, again, a weirdo. I, I love crisis because <laughs> it, it throws up challenges. Um, mm. It forces you to survive. It forces you to adapt in order to survive. Mm-hmm. It forces you to think outside of your comfort zone. And I love that. As somebody, mm. I wasn't born like that. Um, I was the complete opposite of that. Um, mm. I grew up just really basically. I grew up as, as an introvert, as someone who would be very happy sitting in a corner reading a book, um, maybe sketching as well. I loved art. I love reading. Uh, I didn't like people very much. Uh, I was scared of, of, of the world. And I've turned into the complete opposite as I've got older. Um, And that only happened through me going through my own personal crisis many, many times, many different um, varieties of crisis, if you will. And that has made me the person that I am today. And I think exactly what you just said uh, is true, Mm. that, that we can only grow from these things. Mm. We have to try and I hate it when people say just just look at the positive that's not easy yeah. to do we have to grow from the pain we have to grow mm. from the discomfort we have to accept that it's uncomfortable and then move on if you go for an mm. you know it, it, let's break it down to something really really infantile and simple you, you you go for an injection when you're a child you know the needle entering your arm I mean it just you just burst into tears you get older you know you have to go through this. You, 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 you set your mind to preparing for this and you get on with it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with any form of pain that we go through in life, be it uh, real or imagined. Um, 
we just have to uh, clench our teeth and get on with it. Mm. You build up like a resilience, don't you, um, in these reserve tanks to then cope with the next thing and then the next Correct. thing. Correct. It's never going to end, Adam. I think we, we tend to lie to ourselves as a modern society. Um, our mm. Your generation, my generation, um, are, and perhaps the one just before mine as well. Um, I'm Generation X, so I was born in the, in the, the 70s. Um, yeah, we yeah. haven't been through, I don't know, anything that we could call close to a, an actual war like uh, mm. our grandparents. So this is probably yeah. the first real taste of suffering um, as, a, as a community, as a society, as a nation and as a planet that we've been through. Mm-hmm. And this is good for us. We have to, we have to face it. We have, we have lied to ourselves in the sense that we always thought everything would be all right. And that we were building, mm. that we were in control and that we were building a, a better future and everything we were doing, we were in control of and it was all going to be all right in the end. And nature, this is just a, this is just a, a shot across the bow as far as I'm concerned. Sorry to be a little bit dark for, for, for a second, but mm. as you said before, we need to prepare our reserve tanks. And this is the preparation we need because I don't think that this is over. Not literally COVID. Oh, COVID. No. We'll, we'll find a, a cure. I'm positive of that. But there will be other things in our path in the future that we will have to deal with. Mm. And this mm. is great preparation for all of us. Life mm. isn't going to be easy. It, it, it was never supposed to be easy. It was never supposed to be smooth sailing. And we, mm. we conned ourselves. You know, we, we hid from the truth. Mm. You're like you're a child and, and your parents are just... saying, one day you're going to have to grow up. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> you have to at some stage, whether <laughs> yeah. you like it or not. And this is all part yeah. of, our, of us growing. Yeah, I did, I did see a nice quote, and it was like, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor or something Absolutely, like that's, that. that's one of my favourite uh, designs for a tattoo I'm, I'm hoping to get when this is all over. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> but like, no, I completely agree with what you said, and I think it's almost like we've been living blindly almost. It's like we've almost been asleep whilst we've been awake. And, um, you know, like I, I know that, Bill Gates did a TED Talks. I don't know if you saw it like four or five yes, years I ago. And he was talking. Yeah. He was talking about this. And he said, this is what's going to happen. We need to yeah, he said, he said we're not ready. He going. said we, we're yeah. not ready. And we have proved it. Correct. We are not ready. And um, yeah, he, he, he was interviewed recently. I only saw 15 minutes of the interview. But they, they, they were talking to him about it. And they were like, you know, how do you feel about people not kind of listening to you, what you were saying? You know? And he was like, well, He's got lots of money. He does lots of charit- charitable yeah. things and puts a lot of money into things. And he said he put like a couple of hundred million dollars into it and he was waiting for you know other, other organizations to put money yeah. into it. And they, they clearly didn't put the time and resources into it. And I think, you know, like this, this kind of highlights, you know, how kind of backwards uh, our thinking is. Like they said, like, you know, like the, the US government, uh, military, they think, you know, the next crisis is going to be another country invading mm. or something. When realistically, you know, it's not the countries invading we need to be 100% worried about. You know, it's probably the, the viruses and things like this that can Absolutely. bring the whole goal. Absolutely, Adam. It's nature itself. 
we have tried since the dawn of time as human beings to control nature and we fail after millennia we fail to grasp the concept that we can't and rather than waste time waste money waste resources um trying to control it we should be just trying to adapt to it mm. things will you know we you cannot just build your house i'm i'm talking picturesquely you cannot just build your house by the yeah. river and then think when the river suddenly overflows and and you get flooded out of your house you can't then go back and rebuild your house by the river again. You have to learn. All oh, right, river floods. I better leave room mm. in, uh, for a floodplain and, and build somewhere else. You have mm -hmm. to adapt. Yeah. And, and this is where forecasting comes in. And forecasting just comes through uh, intelligence gathering. And so you know that this is the month that the river floods, so then you move. And we need to do the same yeah. thing with our lives, with our governments, with, with everything we do in our lives. Forecast as much as you can taking nature mm. into consideration we always think ah well don't worry about nature because we'll control it we'll dam the river um we'll 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 do this we'll we'll restructure the river so it flows somewhere else and we just think we're so clever and at the end of the day mm. nature pushes back a lot harder than we push it oh completely uh, like yeah. i saw pit no go, go ahead i was saying that i saw lots of footage of like you know Nature's basically being prepared itself from all of this, and um, like the ozone layers repaired a bit more. Um, you know, rivers have cleared. You know, dirt. You know, dirty streams. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been a far less pollution that we've kind of, you know, been given out. Yeah. And um, you know, it's a, it's a big wake up call. You know, and fi you know, financially, in business terms, I think you know, uh, with a health and a fitness, our mindset. Yeah. Um, nature it, it highlights a lot of areas and i think like crisis is kind of they, you know, i've been, been told that it brings out the best and worst in people and i think that's something that you know we see you know there's a lot of people doing a lot of positive yeah. things but then there's a lot of people trying to benefit financially by i don't know if you've seen it on amazon like selling hand sanitizer oh, yeah. that is like 25 30 pounds oh, yeah. which and or, or making hand sanitizer that isn't even yeah, hand sanitizer selling yeah. But this this is this is just uh, this is pure uh, unregulated unrestrained capitalism. I mean, in its purest, ugliest form, just taking advantage mm. of a situation. I mean, man has always been, you know, ready to exploit. That's what we do best. If if we're blunt, mm. human beings exploit situations. And uh, and other people, we mm. this this is one of our worst traits, and but, potentially one that's that's got us in this situation to begin with. If you if you want to be, if you want to flex flex the lyrical about it, I mean, we've exploited the resources, the nature's resources, and um, you know we've we've tried to control nature and we've tried to control bacteria and and, and viruses in the past. Um, for, you know, I, I don't know what the, what the actual ground zero reason is for this virus having been um, been created by nature. We hear all kinds of um, 
potential reasons. One of them can be the close proximity that animals are kept in when they're being farmed, you know, battery hens, that kind of thing. And mm. this is this is this is nature trying to tell you, look, what you're doing is wrong. It's really easy. Don't do this and you'll be all right. But we just mm. can't do it because we love to exploit. It's it's it makes mm. us more money to do it the, the, the wrong way. Mm-hmm. it's quicker for us to yeah, do it the wrong way it's quicker for us to cut corners in life we all do this this is a, another human trait that we want mm. we want an easier life and mm. the, the cold hard we're like children and the cold hard truth of being an adult is you can't you you, you will do it now and you will pay for it later and this is uh, this mm. is what i feel this is my opinion that that is one example of what's happening to us we are getting the bill. Mm. It's just like the uh, consequence of people's actions. Absolutely. Isn't it? Absolutely. Because um, I've seen a few theories around it, like as to uh, how it happened. Like I saw, I saw one, which is the wet markets that yeah. you mentioned uh, in the cross contamination between bats yeah. and chickens and, and the bacteria. And they said that it might be that the, there was a biotesting uh, center, I think that's what yeah. it's called, not far from Wuhan, and they were retrieving bats from caves with uh, not very good PPE. Yeah, equipment. yeah. And probably they think it might have transferred from a bat to a person, and then obviously gone from a person to yeah. a person. Possible. Well, I saw like, yeah, well, I saw theories that they, you know, they say that it could have been made by the Chinese mm. government, and it's leaked out of this lab and, and all the rest yeah. of it. But I saw um, a disease expert on Joe Rogan's yeah. podcast and Joe Rogan brought that up and he was like, you know, there's no way humans could have created something like this. He said nature, uh, Mother Nature does it far better. Absolutely. Like Mother that. Nature does it quicker, better, more efficient than any human could come up with. And yeah. that's why I agree with him completely that this is this is a natural thing. And it kind of makes you makes you realize how vulnerable we are as people. Like we kind of, you know, when when you're in these, you know, a lot of people in these corporate jobs and they're high up, and you know, when you when you think of it, like something like this happens, none of that matters. But you know, you can't absolutely. But 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 we have to we have to remember that coronavirus isn't the only thing that's taking lives. I mean, cancer does the same yeah. thing. Heart disease. I mean, there are thousands of, mm. of, of diseases that affect us. And that, that, that when mm. we are suffering with them, it changes how we, how we feel about ourselves, our lives. It puts everything in perspective. Yeah. I think the difference with the coronavirus is the fact that it's affected the entire world at the same time. Mm. It's like us all getting a collective, more or less getting a collective disease at the same time that is potentially fatal, or at least that we're carrying. So we feel guilty because we don't know if we're carrying mm. it, and then we're, we're, we're inflicting it on those we, we, we love and cherish. And yeah. this is why, as you said, it's so important for us to restructure our lives into what really matters. Mm. I, I, I had a little bit yeah, of a discussion I... with someone earlier today on LinkedIn about this fact you know someone was saying mm. oh we need to get back uh into into opening businesses and start selling again 
And I just had to respectfully disagree with them and say, well, you know, with respect, do we really need, have we discovered on this journey while we're being isolated that we needed half the things that we thought we needed before? Mm. Or have we found that actually we really love uh, the fact that our eyes have been reopened to the importance of the little things, which actually aren't so little mm. in retrospect, family, love, respect, mm. caring for one another. Um, I'm hoping that during this, this lockdown time, that perhaps if there are families who have a few generations living under the same roof, uh, that some stories will get told, that there was never mm. a time to do so before, and revelations will happen and perhaps bonds will be made stronger. Mm -hmm. That's what I hope. And these are far, far more yeah. important than purchasing material goods, which bring us happiness for all of the five minutes that it takes us to photograph and put on Instagram. Yeah. No, I completely, I completely agree with you. I think that's one of the important things from this, like, you know, to reconnect to people and really, really think, you know, like, is it, you know, the money you're spending on these materialist things, like, you know, is it really worth it? You know, why? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? And, you know, to like, you know, reconnect yes. with people and friends and family members. Because I, I was on the phone to my friend in Nottingham for about an hour uh -huh. yesterday and uh, I hadn't spoken to him for a while and it was great. Yeah. And um, it's so important. And, you know, it's something we don't do enough of, I think, because we're so That's busy right. working. Well, this is a great time for, for, for us to reconnect so, with people we haven't spoken to for years. And, and we always used yeah. to feel guilty because I'm the same. You know, you think, oh, I haven't spoken to him or her in like three, four years. If I call them now, will it look like I'm fishing for something? Will it look like... Um... But, but now we're in this situation... I don't feel any. Mm. I don't feel any anything stopping me. I can call someone I haven't spoken to for five years mm. and go, "Listen, mate, um, mm. this thought of you you popped into my head, and I really, genuinely wanted to find out how you're doing." This is a great time yeah. to reconnect with people if you haven't had the um, the guts to do it, the courage to do it before. Because you know, when 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 you, you you lose touch with someone, it's a month, then it's six months, then it's a year. Before you know it, it's three years, and then you feel kind of guilty calling them because you, you think badly about yourself that you haven't called them before. Do it now. This is your chance. Mm. This is your time. Mm. No, I completely agree. Like, I did reconnect with some one of my family members on uh, Instagram. I sent them a message, and I was like, oh, I hope everyone's okay. And um, it yes. just gets you thinking. It's really weird. Your hum that part of uh, your humility kind of surfaces, it does. doesn't it? I mean, things like this shouldn't have to happen for us to um, think and be this way. They shouldn't. Just has that, it, it just does that. But, it just has that. But they, it exists thing. for a reason that, you know, these things have happened for a reason because as a human being, as human beings, as a race, we're just not very good at being good. Hmm. I think I think as well. Well, we we think we've been doing okay, and we think we have been quite connected. But you know, I think it's just highlighted all the opposites. You know, we're probably not as connected as we thought we were. Or absolutely, you know, well, this is things. this is the bittersweet pill of the advancement of technology 
modern inventions. We, I remember as a kid, because as I said, I'm Generation X, so I grew up without a computer, without a mobile phone. But then in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, they started becoming more prolific. And hmm. it was sold to us, technology, computers, you need this in your life to make your life easier. And the irony is that it does both. It makes my life easier on one mm. hand and on the other. It just makes my life so complicated, having to get used to new software, having to find your way around, you know, um, different platforms, getting involved in, in strangers' conversations um, from a thousand miles away. And you just get lost. You actually lose your connection mm -hmm. with the things that are actually around you and need your attention far more than, than Joe Bloggs, who's living in L.A., um, saying something that's irritating you that you feel the need to reply to, which I am guilty of. Oh, mm. my God, am I guilty of that? Um, and mm. I've mm -hmm. tried very hard during this pandemic to cut down the amount of interaction I have with people on platforms. Um, <laughs> Mm -hmm. purely from the angle that I don't want to waste time and energy getting angry, getting irritated by, by people that, that by and large, because I don't know them, don't matter in my life. There are mm -hmm. people here living under my roof who matter to me. So I should be giving them that time, mm -hmm. that precious time. Mm -hmm. I should be telling them my stories, telling oh. them how I feel about certain things that have happened in my life. Mm. and how, mm. how important they are in my life. Yeah, not completely. So there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot for us That's to it. think about during this, this lockdown. There is a, so much. Um, there are so many things that we need to address as individuals about our own lives. Mm. Yeah, it did make me, you know, like, with all this ha happening, like, it did make me think as well, because, like, we we did on our first on my yeah. first podcast for you. I think it's like my first five I did something yeah. within that bracket. Um, you know, it was really really good. I think we did it for like two hours. Oh, trust me, um, I, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> you, you won't shut me up. <laughs> you have yeah. you have to tell me, yeah. Adrian. All right, that's quite enough. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, otherwise, I'll keep going, mate. <laughs> no, but. <laughs> But no, we just we you know like we just kind of have that kind of natural rapport rapport I feel, and we kind of talk about you know. Well, you're all very kinds easy to talk to, Adam. But like, oh no, I appreciate it. I mean, it really means a lot. Um, I just I like I like connecting with people. You know, it's more I'm a people person, and uh, I feel like we quite we joke quite well. And I, and during this time, you know, with the pandemic, I was thinking about. You know, I was like, oh, I wonder how, how Adrian's getting on. And I was like, oh, you know, let's do another podcast and reconnect and, you know, kind of put out some nice oh, content. Nice. Thanks, Adam. Oh, that's great. I, I'm so uh, touched that uh, that you thought of me and, and that you've invited me on uh, again to a podcast because I, uh, I genuinely like doing them. And not from a – I know people say, oh, yeah, mm. uh, I bet you love doing podcasts because um, it gets your name out there or whatever – I love it because it's very cathartic for me. It's like a form of cheap therapy. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I, would, I would definitely, I mean, this is part and parcel of what you and I are talking about, is we as a race, as families, as friends, we need to talk more. Mm. 
Mm. And we need to listen more. Um, We need to hear the other person, digest it, process what they've told us, empathise with them, sympathise if we can't, Mm. and then Mm. ask them questions about what they've just told us to show we were listening, we were interested, and we want to know more. And then later tell our Mm. own story. And this is something Mm. that I'm hoping people are learning by themselves through their own ways uh, to do during this pandemic, during, during this lockdown. Mm. No, I completely, I completely agree. And I think like, you know, empathy and these humanistic qualities, they don't cost anything. We all have them. It's just whether we choose to tune into them. Some people have more empathy than others, you know. Um, I'm worried, Adam. I'm really worried. And, and, And it can be just, you know, just, just me being negative, but I'm worried that people are losing that ability. I'm worried mm. that we are having it bred out of us almost. I, I, I'm, mm. I don't know if my, my, my worries are founded in anything. I've got no evidence to back it up. It's just, just a feeling that we become so, we have become so obsessed with uh, a routine and a routine that's embedded in working and um, going online. And between those two mm. things, uh, other than that, we eat and sleep. But apart from that, we just seem to work. This is where our energy seems to go to me. And I'm speaking very generalistic, that we just seem to work mm. and go online, work and go online. And what are we going online to do? We're going online to connect, inverted commas, by sending memes, um, having a, a opinions some of which can be sometimes vitriolic and bitter and angry and that's not enough and i feel that maybe over years and years of this conditioning that we've lost the ability to actually physically talk to one another and talk deeply to one another because don't forget when we're when we're online everything is in short mostly is in short sound bites we just talk in 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 about what mm. three or four sentences max mm. somebody writes a comment that that's about 15 lines long on facebook hardly anybody bothers to read all of that your eyes yeah. scan you think oh there's a quick two-line comment i'll read that one this is conditioning we've learned this from from newspaper headlines that's why newspapers use headlines because they mm. catch you and a lot of mm. people I've, I've done it in the past you read the headline and you think you know what the story is about you don't mm. read the small print because you can't be bothered it's too long I haven't got time for that I've seen the headline I think I know what it's about and then you go and you go and tell other people oh you'll never guess what I've just read but you haven't read anything you, your eyes have you, your eyes have just scanned <laughs> six words on, on the front page of, yeah. of, of a newspaper you, you kind of like notice what you wanted to notice if that makes sense you would you're kind of filtering out the information exactly and this is what we need we need to get this back where we i'm hoping as i said Mm. and i'll keep repeating it that if you're living under the roof with at least two generations i hope that you're practicing talking to them and and learning about them and and what makes them tick and how they feel Mm. and properly properly listening not just getting the headline how are you doing i'm fine great headline's Mm. done you know properly sitting down with mm. people 
sitting in the garden, sitting in your deck chair, they're next to you and just talking, you know, tell me about, I remember you told me about this time in your life. Tell me a bit more about that. Get in, get really deep in, mm. into conversation with people. Find out what really makes them tick. Yeah. Get the empathy yeah, back in. Uh, we, as you said, you're absolutely right. We've all got it. But if you don't use it, as the saying goes, don't, if you don't use it, you, you lose it. And we need to make sure mm. that we're constantly using it. Mm. It's, it's definitely important, uh, definitely an important quality, I think. And, you know, like I've, I've kind of seen it going in mm. supermarkets. Like, um, I think that kind of highlights it. Like, I mean, they've kind of clamped down now on uh, how many things you can buy and all of that. But before that, there wasn't any of that. And I remember going in, and there was no yeah. toilet bowl whatsoever. And I saw, I was seeing, I was seeing old people going with the trolleys and, you know, they looked like, they just looked so hopeless. I mean, yeah. uh, hopeless, helpless, sorry. And, um, it, you know, my empathy went out to them and I just felt really sad. And the other week I saw a guy who had a mask on. Yeah. He looked petrified and he's, you know, that was my empathy. And I, you know, I felt yeah. what he was feeling. Um, you know, and I, like when I was buying, you know, certain items, I wasn't, you know, milking it, so to speak. I was just buying one or two or like, you know, just one because I knew that someone else there, you know, someone else, someone else out there want, you know, would need these yeah. probably more than me. So it's just having that yeah, general perspective, it is. isn't it? Uh, that's, I mean, the thing about perspective as well is that crazy thing that we, we mentioned before this is uh, that article about yeah. the Home Office. I, just, I couldn't believe that when I read that. I mean, I just thought, I understand one perspective, which is that we need at some stage, we can't shut the entire, it's just impossible to completely have 100% shutdown of all industries in any country. But for a, a particular industry to say, well, we're going to start up again, um, because we can't have a lockdown um, for for passports, I just I didn't see I didn't see really the reasoning behind it. Especially, I didn't like the fact that they that the the people who were in charge of making this announcement said, "Well, you know, eighty percent of us are going to get the coronavirus, so you might as well get it now." I, and I just thought, yeah, I saw that. You know, there's there's ways of saying things, and that surely is one of the worst ways to say something to people. I mean, that's ridiculous. And and he yeah, he's the um, the deputy it, scientific uh, officer um, for, for for the government. Yeah. And I thought that was highly irresponsible for him to say it in that way. This is and, and this is what we've been talking about. I think crazy. a lot of podcasts that that that, that I've heard uh, of yours and of other people's we're talking and on LinkedIn we're talking a lot about empathy these days. And as you've also just highlighted, it brings out the worst and, uh, and best of people in crisis. And sometimes you can't believe mm. that you're seeing the worst of people. You're thinking of all the times in the world that you need to show empathy or sympathy or just some kindness. Now would be the time. And, and here you are. You're looking at somebody mm. who has mm. uh, a high position in high office and they are just being bluntly um, I don't know what the word is, but they're, they're just being really. It's, it's, it's quite. It's irresponsible. It's, it's unkind. Well, you're uh, going to get it anyway, so you might as well come to work. 
oh well in that case we all better go back to work if we're all going to get it because <laughs> what's good for the goose is good for the gander if it works for that industry all the other industry leaders will be pricking up their ears saying well why can't we do the same thing and this is what's irresponsible mm. If you start something and you know other people are watching you who are likely to copy uh, uh, your your movements, then guess what? Mm. The whole world's going to go back to work because you started it and we're all going to get sick. Mm-hmm. It's quite mental, isn't it, when you think of it? Like, Because I saw when it all kind of started, is it Mike yes, Ashley, it was, yeah. Sports Direct? He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said that... <laughs> he said he said that um people who work there are key workers and his equipment is essential equi- equipment and they need to stay open but i mean they've got some of the biggest warehouses in the country so i mean why not just have your online warehouse you know I'll just right. do online orders only don't try and milk it and get more money by having your stores open I'm no socialist, but but people often ask me, Adrian, you really do have a lot of vitriol and bitterness for for business people. And I say, well, yeah, I mean, people like him, businesses like those that are just looking for any Hmm. weaselly way to get to get back to working just to line their own pockets. I'm afraid I've just gotten I've got nothing good to say about it. I actually I actually saw uh, Philip Green. Yeah, um, I remember Philip Green. Yeah, that's you right, know the yeah. guy who owns Topshop Home Stores. Um, I saw, when I when I went to uh, Monaco, I saw him, and I was like, "Christ, that's yeah. bloody Philip Green!" He was like walking out of the restaurant, and then I remember he he got involved with a lot of stuff, didn't he? Because um, yeah. oh, that was it, British that's Home right. Stores back in my day. But, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean. A lot of these people, it just kind of shows you their true colours in times like this. Um, you know, I, I take my hat off to these big mm-hmm. fashion design companies that are yeah. doing their bit, like Ralph Lauren and um, Gucci and um, I think Prado are doing it as well. They're like making clothes for wow. people in hospitals because they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're under-resourced. So, you know, Ralph Lauren and Gucci and Fantastic. stuff, and they've been making face masks. They've been making... They've been making gowns, and it's really nice to see things like that. I mean, and I, I don't think they've been charging. I mean, they've probably just been Lovely. doing it off their own backs. But this is it. This is this is what we <clears throat> what we so need this, more this... of. And as soon as you start doing this sort of thing, and I'm sure I'm going to get loads of uh, loads of vitriol from any Americans listening, but we tend to imagine that this is an American model, or that, that Americans, when when you do something for free, when you are a good Samaritan that people then tend to think, oh, you're a socialist. Because if you're not making money out of it, then you're not Mm. a capitalist. And we need, Mm. as I said before, I'm not a socialist, but I'm not for uh, rampant, unregulated capitalism either. We need to have a balance in life. And we need to stop Mm. monetizing Mm. everything. And we also need to stop monetizing Mm. things whether it's by law or, 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 or just society really, really uh, clamps down heavily on this in times of crisis. Because hmm. I, I was talking to my friend about it yesterday and um, he said that 
people have been selling mm. games consoles on eBay and they've been making them more expensive Correct. because yeah. more people are at home. I was looking at buying one myself and, and I thought, well, and the it's... price has just gone up by 25, 30%. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really? I've not checked. It is. You know, sometimes if, um, because I I use Amazon a lot and I keep things in um, to buy later in this list to buy later. It's it's in your in your basket. And then Amazon tells you, oh, this product has gone up by by 15 percent in the last 10 days. And you're like, what? There's only one reason for that. (laughs) And uh, yeah, Yeah. uh, it's. it's life. I mean, I can complain about it as much as I like, but I know it won't change because it is part and parcel of life that where there's a need, a price tag is always attached. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm mature yeah. enough to, to, to appreciate that. But I think if we as individuals mm. are in a position to help somebody else in any way, whatever that is, whatever way that is, mm. we should try and be less inclined to put mm. a price tag on it. Yeah, because I mean, by helping other people, you know, you feel that's. I feel you know, by helping someone else, that is far, far better feeling than making Absolutely. that twenty percent. You're going to get something else something out like of that. it, and I know people are like, "Well, what? Well, what? Well, just wait and see. You don't know what it is. That's the whole mm. beautiful surprise about giving your time, giving your energy to somebody else for something other than a monetary reward." Just try it, and I've done it all my life, People and I've say- had different res- types of rewards. And, you know, it can be a, a new friendship. Mm. It can be the offer of work in the future. It can be a, anything. You just don't know, and that is mm. why we should be doing it. Mm. And not just for reward. I mean, for, mm. for personal reward. It's a bit like- you get something out of it. You actually feel great doing mm. something to make somebody else smile, um, because they weren't able to do it and you were. <laughs> Giving of yourself for somebody else mm. is really, at the, at the really heart of it, it's what makes us human. Just doing something for literally money in your hand is, uh, is, is, is not what it's actually all about. We need it. That the whole, mm. the whole mannerism of getting paid for a service it was created thousands of years ago. We, we can't change that very easily uh, now. But what we, yeah, it's, it's hardwired it's into, into us as, as human beings. You know, I give you something and you give me something in return. Physical, I'm talking about. We need to now put that, um, mm. we need to put that to one side. Can't avoid it. it. It's always there and it will always be there. But we also need to try and experiment with, well, can I give you something and not get something physically in return? How am I with that? Give mm, it a go. Mm. Volunteer. Do something and get a smile in return. Do something mm. and get a genuine heartfelt thank you in return. And tell me how you feel after that. And tell me whether that's, you know, even close to all the money that you could have earned from doing that. And getting nothing and hearing nothing. No thank you. No smile. Mm. There's your 50 quid, mate. Yeah. Wow. But actually saying hearing from somebody thank you so much mm. for doing that you have you have no idea how much that's meant to me it's just an incredible reward in and of itself and even if you don't hear it it's mm. just you knowing that you've done the right thing in the right situation 
Mm. This kindness costs nothing, doesn't it? And you know, we we it's kind of almost human need, almost. Well, I've worked, but no, I, I completely agree with what you just said. Uh, I completely touch base with that, and I've worked in places where you know I've worked my arse off in like you know restaurants yeah. or bars, and the boss or the manager hasn't, okay. said, hasn't said anything, and you're like, what? We we kind of have this need to um, yes, be acknowledged for our work and um by doing something for free where you can help somebody and you, and you get that i think you know it's far right. more beneficial than receiving money uh just solely for it you know and this is kind of like why you know somewhere i like doing these podcasts you know as well is that you know i connect with people i talk to people um like yourself and you know people listen to it and you know it might help them in their lives or their day they take something from it and that is something that, you know, I, I love. And people have said to me, oh, do you not get, why, why are you doing it? You don't get paid for it. And I'm like, well, exactly. I'm not doing it f- exactly. for the money. I don't get paid for it. But, you know, one day, you know, there might be money along with it. But that's not the main reason for it. And, and the thing is, if you're doing a podcast just for the money, then who the hell is going to listen to it? If people think, oh, I was just doing it for the money. It's completely... I, I think it's you, not you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there, Adam. And actually, you, you mentioned something which I didn't think of uh, until you mentioned it, which is a bolt-on, which I'll add to what I said about um, doing it, that, that, that we love to be appreciated and, and, and we just love someone to say thank you. We also need, this is me included, we all need to learn to also do things simply for ourselves, even if no one's looking even if no one's going to thank us, we need to do things because they are the right things mm. to do. Um, top of my head, uh, my dad goes out mm. and he goes walking the dog sometimes and I see him picking up litter in the streets. And there's no one around. There's no one to, to pat him on the back and say, well done. There's no one paying him for that. Council should be doing their job. They're not. But he doesn't moan. He just does it because it's the right thing to do. It makes it a better place to look at mm. for himself and for others. He feels good doing it. It hasn't cost him any mm. time. He was walking in that direction anyway. And, you know, it's little things like that. You just do it because it's the right thing mm. to do. If you can help somebody because it's the right thing to do, irrespective of even if they don't say thank you, you know in your heart, well, it, it was the right thing to do in that situation and I did it. Mm. Yeah, it's having that positive impacts, isn't it? And um, you know, thinking out of the box, and you know, the the action, you know, the effect of your actions. Yeah. I I actually remember doing that at school. I, Great. Um, I set up my Great. litter picking thing in then, uh, primary school, and um, I don't know how I got these litter pick um, tools. I think my yeah. my mum's partner at the time gave me them, and. Um, I took them to school and I was like, oh, I've got this idea. And I remember like a couple of us just going around the school. It's great. It's just great. It's, I just joined a, a local litter picking group here in, in my town where I live just uh, two weeks before, before the lockdown. Mm. So <laughs> I was already to go out and now I can't, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, after all this is over, yeah. After, after all this is over, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd love to, I want to go out there and do it. It's great exercise. 
especially if you if you can join a community or a group that are doing it and you yeah. can find these people on, on facebook anyone that's listening that wants to know how you do it literally just put in litter picking uh, near me and it will come up um and i've done that wow and it's just it's great camaraderie you meet new people you are doing something wonderful for the environment and you're getting some exercise it's a win-win-win it's absolutely great mm. yeah so I, I implore everybody to do this. If, if you think, no, well, I need to do some exercise, I don't want to go to the gym. Um, I'm, I'm not one for, for running on a treadmill, which I am not. I hear you loud and clear out there. Um, this is great. You're going for a walk, you're getting some fresh air, you're meeting people, mm. and you're doing a great job for your community. Go do it. It's great. No, that's great advice, and that's something that I think you know everyone should should do at some stage. Um, the uh, the only kind of time I've ever seen groups of people doing it is um, oh yeah, as a community yeah. community service. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Obviously, but, you know you don't you know. Well, like do I said before, do it for yourself. Do it because it's the right thing to yeah. do, not because someone's told you to do it. Not because you're under mm. duress doing community service to do it. Not because there's any money involved in it. And not because anyone's mm. going to thank you for it. Do you know what? The, the, where I live, mm. um, when I drive around, I sometimes see an, old, an older woman, shall we say. She, she looks like she's probably in her 70s. Yeah. And she has an old uh, Victorian mm. pram with her. And I remember thinking... Wow. What on earth is going on here? There's, there's this woman with this pram. Uh, first, I thought she was a little bit nuts. I was in the car, so I didn't have a great deal of time to, to, to stop and, and see. <laughs> but I've seen her quite a few days now, that before the COVID lockdown, when I was driving. And she was out there pruning the trees, um, taking away all the, all the dead bracken and the dead branches and the dead twigs of all the roadside uh, plants and bushes and picking up litter as well. And she's doing this all oh, by wow. herself. I don't know what her name is. She's not getting any thanks for it. Mm. She, she's not advertising the fact she's doing it, but she's doing it because mm. she likes to do it and she feels it's the right thing to do. And it just brings a smile to my face every time I see her. Mm. And I just want to go out there and, 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 do, and, yeah. and, and help her. I won't say hello. I'll just start on a bush somewhere a few feet away and, and just start doing the same thing. It's good exercise for her. It gets her out of the house. Mm. If she's lonely, then while she's doing it, she's not. She's getting involved. She's getting some gentle exercise. She's taking an interest in, in, in the plants. Mm. This is just, this is what we need to get back to. Mm. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I think it's so important, you know, just to use a common, common sense. sense. And, I think, and well, as you know, you know, like, you know the, the old saying is that common sense isn't common these are things that we need to be taught and I feel these are things mm. that we've lost because we haven't been taught them from children, either from families or from schools or from society as a whole. We need to, we need to mm. review teaching in general. We need to review education in general. We'll need to start teaching. I remember a few weeks or a few months mm. ago, maybe a year or two ago even, there were calls that they want to teach children about finance and teach children about money, which is all good and right. It's good that you know children learn mm. about the importance of money, how to save. This, is, this all has its place. I'm not against that at all. But all I'm saying is if you can do it for money, mm. 
then you can do it for other things as well, which are missing and lacking in, in modern life. And those things are, are doing mm. good things, doing voluntary work, doing things because you genuinely love to do them. Not because it's going to make you money. Mm. That's one of the things that Gary V stresses, isn't it, a lot? He, he was saying something like, you know, during this, like, you know, may as well try something you love, you know, because all that other stuff you've been doing whilst before this, you know, wasn't yeah. bringing you, you any happiness, you know, now. They, they, they always say that if you do something that you love like, you know, and are passionate about and you enjoy doing it so that it doesn't feel like you're working, someone, somewhere, mm. at some point will see your passion will see your art, shall we call it, whatever it is that you're doing. And you'll, at some point, mm. inevitably make money from it. If your first goal mm. is only, I need to do something to make money, Please. guess what? You're not going to enjoy it. And you won't enjoy the money that you get, that you get from doing that. Mm. But if you're doing something that you genuinely love doing, it's just, it's not even work. And then you start to earn money from it. Well, you just hit the jackpot. Mm. Yeah, I did. I kind of from what you're saying, like I saw a speech yeah. that uh, Steve Jobs said, one of his early speeches, and I saw it on Instagram yesterday. And um, he was saying that he was doing a talk on stage, and he was like trying to figure out yeah. how to uh, you know work in the business with Apple, and he was saying, "Do we spend our time promoting?" Our products now, great our yeah. products are because we you know that yeah. we've got you know such great products and such great engineers, you know. Or do we look at how yes. is the customer going to benefit from this product? He said it's not about us and our engineers, you know, just them. He said it's about the customer and how yeah. they're going to benefit from the things that we're creating. Yes, I think that's one of the things where people get lost. You know, they're so focused on. Yeah. The work they're doing and how great it is, and look at this. They're not. They haven't. And they customer in mind. Have LinkedIn's they? a great place to to actually witness this in action. There are so many people selling so many products, and mm. hey, I'm a customer, and I just miss the point of it of what it is that they're selling me. They haven't shown me how it's going to affect, mm. change, or improve my life. And um, mm. I think a lot of. Uh, a lot of businesses miss this point. And I think talking about Steve, Steve mm -hmm. Jobs, as you just did, another I, thing that I feel a lot of people miss, particularly in business, mm -hmm. particularly entrepreneurs, particularly people who just left uh, college, university, and are looking to start their own businesses. And they've got these grand ideas. They've got these grand, not ideas, but they've got these grand expectations. And I've seen them on LinkedIn. They're like, oh, I want to be just mm -hmm. like uh, Steve Jobs. And when I see that, I just think in that moment, you've just missed the entire point. You're not supposed to be like him. Mm -hmm. He is what he is. He found that he loved doing what he did. You need to find something that you love doing. Mm -hmm. And you focus on that. Stop focusing on the person mm -hmm. and focus on the lesson that has been taught by that person. Mm. Yeah, he was an interesting... No, I completely agree. Like, you've got to... 
look at the lessons, haven't you? Like, it's okay what, saying I want to be like that person. Yeah, what what makes them that person? The things that they face and how they deal with it. All right. He was quite an interesting guy. I read his autobiography. Um, that um, oh, he was quite a big book. Um, I think somebody somebody's written yeah. it, but it was kind of worked alongside him. And um, he he um, he was quite an explosive character. I watched the film. Yeah, I don't know if you've I ever watched watch the film or heard He's about. He's a passionate it. guy. He was shut down. Yeah, yeah, he was very passionate, but he would shut down his his employees and like, yeah. you know, talk to them like crap. But then he'd be okay one minute. It's like he was just he was a, a massive, massive perfectionist yeah. in what he was doing. And um, they even to stop like Microsoft, you know, if they got one of their yeah. laptops, he made their own screws, didn't he? He had them all kind of made a certain way so nobody could. Oh, without yeah, doubt. Amazing, he, he amazing was, uh, was a borderline right. genius. I mean, he he uh, he. This is why he was, and I'm not using that word in 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 necessarily a, a positive light or, or, or as an adjective uh, like that. I mean that his character, the fact that he was passionate. One, two, he couldn't control his emotions and his passions, so that it, it, it spilled over, and it would be interpreted as him being rude or arrogant. Um, a lot of people can be like that, including myself. And I'm not calling myself genius by any stretch of the imagination. What I mean is I have a problem with, um, it's so weird. Although I can be empathetic, I can also be very uh, impatient and short-tempered when I feel that people aren't getting it. If you've ever read any of my comments on other people's posts, you'll see sometimes some people say they're quite shocked and say, oh my God, you're a little bit strong there. You know, and, and I never thought that of you. And I, and I said, yeah, but I, I, one thing I can't abide by is people not thinking before they write something and, and they haven't said it right, or they haven't put it across right, or they've, they've come across with a half-baked idea and I'm just pointing them, I want them to understand. I'm not just pulling them to pieces for, for sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I felt that when I watched the, the video, yeah. about uh, the, video the, the film about Steve Jobs, was he was like that for the same reason. He wanted the perfect product he had an idea in his head and he wanted to create that idea and when he found mm. that other people around him just weren't pulling their weight or, or didn't see his vision he got frustrated he got impatient and we all perception is such mm. a it's such an important thing for us humans to to understand you could perceive that as him being arrogant and rude but unless you understand someone's passion and that's where mm. empathy comes in. If you can't understand somebody's passion, then you're never going to understand people who have this, this burning inside of them, and you will misconstrue mm. it and misinterpret that as, as uh, arrogance and rudeness when it's not. It's just sometimes we find mm. it so difficult to control mm. our emotions, and we want the best for everybody. We really do. Mm. When, when, when people are saying, you know, sometimes they mm. come across as really rude, and it's like... I'm sorry. It's just I have so much emotion behind what I'm trying to say, and I haven't got the time to shape it before yeah, yeah. I use my mouth into something that the other person will receive well. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, it's an onslaught. It's a flood. It's the dam breaking, and I, I apologise for that afterwards. Mm. But I just need to get all this out. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. 
I, can, I completely, you know, I can touch base with that. Like sometimes, you know, as well, I can talk about something or I can say some things sometimes and people can be like, you know, same, same sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, why? It came across a certain way. But, you know, if you're so pas- passionate about something or you feel so strongly about something, it's so easy yeah. to just be so driven and channeled in that. It's like only until afterwards you, you think about it and you're like, oh, yeah. Um, this is this is no, part and parcel of but, going back to what you've touched upon about how this virus, how this pandemic, how this lockdown is affecting us as humans. I want us to get back in touch. I, I, I wish mm. for the human race for us to get back in touch with seeing how complex we all are as human beings we lose that complexity mm. or rather we hide our mm. complexities in order to fit in to have a job um even to, to to find and keep a partner we just show a few basic mm. uh levels of ourselves a few basic layers of ourselves. you know you, you just show your good your your, your good nature mm-hmm. side you, you you just show your 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 good humor and you show you maybe you can cook and you know you know how to do a job very well and you get paid for it very well but we're so much more than that Mm. we are ultimately so much more than that we are so complex Mm. as 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 human creatures and i think these are things we need to explore about ourselves Mm. i'm so scared when i sometimes i read linkedin and linkedin comments and Mm. posts that people are becoming clones of one another and i think it's not true Mm. you aren't a clone why are you saying the things that a thousand other people are saying in exactly the same way with the same vocabulary even why aren't you thinking for yourself i know you can Mm -hmm. think for yourself don't be afraid Mm. to tap into the complexities of who you are and how you think find the passion that's it. Mm. It's the passion that, that, that people are, are almost afraid to tap into. And that's what I'm hoping going back to your, you know, our introduction about this whole podcast is about mm. how we're dealing with COVID. I hope that people are rekindling, rediscovering passions. I hope they're asking questions about well, what am I doing in life? Is this really what I'm passionate mm. about? And if it isn't, and if you can, if you're able to do it, mm. if you have the financial um, ability to do it, um, then for goodness sake, try and find your passion. Get passionate about something. Get fired up about something and act on it. And don't just be mm. this clone, this sheep mm. going along with everyone else, earning yeah. a wage just because it's safe to do so and it's easy to do so. Do something because it's right. That doesn't mean to say it's going to be easy. Mm. It may be very hard to do something that's right. It may be very hard to do something mm. that you love. It may not pay the bills. But that's what passion's all about. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And it's that, that, you know, and doing that is, you know, oh, all involves really risk, that, isn't it? It really does. And I'm living proof of that. I've, um, I've lost everything yeah. at least once. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting from zero. Mm. I am, I'm a, I'm a mm. hop, skip mm. and jump from being homeless, from, from living on the street in a cardboard box. And I think that's something else that we don't all appreciate, mm-hmm. which is that we're actually all in that boat. The financial institutions, I remember banks telling me when I first opened mm-hmm. a bank account and saying, well, um, 
we, we hope that you're putting away at least three months salary uh, to cushion you in times of, you know, in the eventuality that maybe you lose your job or you become seriously ill. I wonder how many people do that. You know that I heard on the news that a lot of businesses are going to the wall because they themselves as businesses haven't put aside three months um, sort of savings to cushion mm. themselves. Because I understand it because in order to live, sometimes you think, yeah. well, it's impossible. I can't do that. So I've done yeah. it. I've lost everything. Um, and all of us are, are, are very close to that. We, we again, mm -hmm. going back to something mm -hmm. we were talking about about half an hour ago, we like to hide away from that. Mm. I wonder, even before COVID, if we lost mm. our jobs, if we were just suddenly fired in an instant, would we have the money to cover our rent or our mortgage or our car payments or, 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 or have enough money for shopping for our family? Mm. I didn't. So, you know, when I lost yeah. everything, I, I went back to zero. And if it wasn't for my family rallying around me, um, mm. I promise you, I, I would be mm. considering, um, if not sleeping on friends' sofas, so with my cap in my hand, um, which is something I don't, I don't like to put people out. It's just in my mm. nature. I would just go and try and buy a tent with the last of my money yeah. and, 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 and camp out somewhere. So, um, yeah, life is that's, risk. That's the thing. I mean, you, hmm. you know, and you've probably like learned a lot of lessons, you know, through going through that, and you know, probably grown massively it's as well. Me a lot. I mean, I tell, yeah, you know, I I take my hat off to you. Do you know what I mean? For like, you know, kind of, you know, going through that and kind of. I haven't, out of I, ha I haven't come out yet, Adam. I'm still, I'm still in it. It's like a <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm positive I will come out. I've, I've yeah. survived this long, um, this many years, um, being yeah. who I am, the way I am, um, which I implore other people not to follow me, for God's sake, don't follow me. But if I can give a few nuggets that I think are generally good for everybody that I've learned, and that's to be open-minded, um, positive, mm. as much as you can be. And I'm not the most positive person in the world, believe me. But if you can try and be positive, uh, forward-thinking, open-minded, um, and if you're genuinely nice, and I mean this, and I don't mm -hmm. mean to use to sound it like you're using people, but if you're nice to people, Guess what? People tend to be nice back. Mm. And if you're down and out, as I have yeah. been, and people remember you and say, oh, yeah, I remember you, agent. You, you know, you're a nice guy. And people will offer to help you. If you were an asshole before in your life and suddenly you find yourself mm. down and out, guess, don't be surprised if no one's going to stretch out a hand to help you. As I think there's a, there's a business saying that, you know, be careful who mm. you mm. tread on the way up. Uh, because you you never know whose boots you may be uh, kissing yeah. on the way down. And in a way, there is some truth to that. Be nice to everybody because you mm. never know mm. when you will need the kindness of those people who uh, who you've dealt with in the past. So as a general rule, be nice. Yeah. Be open-minded. Be positive. Um, and 
guess mm. what? You will get mm. through whatever life throws at you. I'm going to be 47 this year and I have no qualifications, no industry or formal qualifications. And um, I did well enough myself to mm. fund traveling around the world, buying nice cars, having nice clothes, mm. nice watches, all the things that I materialistically love, but I never let them own me. Mm. Even if I own them fleetingly, I yeah, used to own that's... things for, for, for a month or two and then sell it on, on eBay that's just that's... because I wanted to have the feeling of having it. Mm. But um, mm. what I really loved, which is the job I, I ended up doing for the last three or four years of my, of, uh, of my life so far, was teaching. I absolutely loved it. And I didn't earn a lot of money, but I absolutely, you know, it was one of those jobs where I would look forward to getting mm. out of bed in the morning to, to, to meet my students. And that's where I found mm. um, one that's of my nice. callings. I loved being able to expand yeah. other people's minds or help people understand something that I understood and they didn't yet. And I was about to crack it open for them. And I loved doing that. And there wasn't a lot of money in mm. it because genuinely teaching you there isn't. Which is odd, is, don't you think? But in all the things in life, nursing, caring, teaching, uh, police work, all the things, public service, which are the fundamental public service of any society. We don't pay them much money because mm. we expect as human beings that, well, you know, there'll always be someone good natured or good hearted who will, who will fill that role. And I really, really hate this about, about human mm. nature that we do, that we expect, we exploit the, the good nature of people. Mm. I, I recognise that when right. I did my public services course, because I did that in college for three years. I did, um, I did uniform public services in level two and three. So that was a uh, level two was two years and then level three was one year. <laughs> um, or might be the way around. And, um, I, yeah, and it was quite a while back. And I, I remember, like, looking at the salaries of all the roles. I remember thinking, geez, like, I think, like, a standard soldier as yeah. a private and the infantry would get, like, 18 grand. And then, you know, police officers, I think it's kind of gone off. I don't know how much it is now. Yes. It's definitely gone it's up a little bit. Bad. So it's not too bad. But, um but when I was looking at it, um, it wasn't that much. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, you're putting your life on the line. You're putting yourself out there. Um, there's people doing other jobs getting way more. And, you know, like it's not like, it, like you said, it's not about the money. Well, no, that, that's just it. Just those people who join those jobs, jobs do it because, going back to something we talked about about yeah. 20 minutes ago, you do it because you feel it's the right thing to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you always get your bad apples, the ones who want the power and the control yeah. and what have you. But generally, my experience, when I was in the police 12 years, 90%, if not higher, 95 98% of the people I worked mm. with, the other officers, did that job because they genuinely felt that it was the right thing to do for the community that they live in, for the society as a whole. They wanted to protect the good people from mm. the bad people. Mm. And 
you know, they said if 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 I wanted to make money, I wouldn't I wouldn't have chosen this job. And some of the people I met were extremely talented in other mm. areas that the police, you know, couldn't couldn't utilize. Mm. And uh, they'd put that on hold. They'd, yeah. they'd shut down their skills, their gifts, in order to do something for society. And all they get in return is a, you know, a, a, a moderate wage, and not even a pat on the back, a moderate yeah. wage. Pat, pat on the back. More mm. often than not, um, hatred from the public that they aim to serve. And um, mm. uh, that's yeah. Go on. Did you? Did you? Um, um, did you enjoy? Yes, and no. When I joined, so. I was a lot younger, and I loved it because because it was novelty. It was something I'd never done before, and it was exciting. It was frontline, dealing with dangerous people, dangerous situations, situations where you have to think on your feet, which I love doing. Um, and I loved all that to begin with, even all the gore and the blood and all the rest of it. When you're young, you think, yeah, this is great. Mm. You know, it's like going to battle. And then after four or five years of doing it, mm. you start to get mm. you start to get physically and emotionally and spiritually tired of it and drained. Um, and that's when mm. I no longer mm. enjoyed it. And. I think that you have to, that's why I take my hat off to those people who've done it for, for 25 years. Life is to call them. I mean, for it not to affect you, mm. you're either one hell of a thick skinned individual um, or you're keeping your emotions bottled up, which is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it affected me negatively towards the end of my, uh, yeah. my career in the police. Um, and I saw it affect my friends and my colleagues mm. even worse. So um, I, I will always yeah. um, have good things to say about the police because I work there on the inside. And just for the record, in case anyone is totally anti-police and, yeah. and just mm. hates anyone in a uniform, I wasn't in uniform. I didn't join as a regular recruit. I didn't join as a regular police mm. officer. I wasn't one of those, as they call them, you know, uh, power tripping, mm. uniform wearing, um, taser wielding cops. I was just a guy. I was just a guy in a sit in a cheap suit uh, who yeah. was there to help um, do the admin to begin with. And then, as they got more and more short staffed, I mm. was called upon to explore um, the uncomfortable. Um, parts of, of, of policing which I hadn't signed up for which was basically I got involved in in everything dealing with yeah. um, rapes uh, attempted murders suicides mm -hmm. and I'd, I'd get to I'd get to be one of the people mm -hmm. first on scene um, so I know what it's like because I wasn't a nature yeah. when I was growing up I wasn't a goody goody that I knew I was always going to be a police officer mm -hmm. So I've seen it from both sides, and that's why what I have seen uh, as a cheeky chappy who then joined the police, I really see the good work that they do, really, and the thankless work that they do. I mean, they get spat at, sworn at. Mm -hmm. um, it's thankless, really, when you think about it, much like the paramedics. I mean, I'm disgusted with how some of the paramedics are treated. Mm -hmm. when, 
Yeah, absolutely. The fire service as well. You know, I, I've seen footage oh, on crazy. YouTube of, of kids pranking them, uh, uh, getting them to come to a, a, um, a non-existent fire. And then when the when they arrive, throwing bricks at the, at the fire truck. I mean, what on earth is going on mm. there? And these people who do these jobs yes. don't get paid at all well, in my opinion, obviously, in, in line with the work that they do. As you put your finger on the button there, they're putting their lives on the line. Other mm. people are sitting at home in comfy leather chairs, uh, making trades, I, I saw... uh, you know, earning, earning millions. Yeah, it is crazy. I think, you know, like I said, this reset button needs to be pressed and people like, you know, need to have a really good think about, you know, uh, people who are on the front line doing these kind of roles. Like, um, I saw a documentary, I don't know if you've seen it, called... Uh, no, Flint no, I haven't Town. seen it. I'll, I'll, I'll check it out. Okay. It's called Flint Town on Netflix. Um, and um, it's a base, it's, it's a true documentary, yes. like... Uh, but like the, you know the series Cops, but uh, it's uh, called Flint Town, and there's right. a town near Detroit called Flint in America, and it's one of those heavily deprived areas, and it's focused on the police force. And there's about ten episodes, I think, and it, it just shows you the strain on on the police and how much crime is going on, and um, it's it's heavily yeah. um, it's a lot of ethnic minorities in this area. Um, and there's even racism in the, within the police force. But, yeah, you basically see yeah. how how these police officers put their life on the line every day. And they're being paid next to nothing. And they're being cut yeah. by the town council and the government. And um, top it off, they had, like, a, a water wow. crisis where there was, like, lead in the water. And um, it's quite interesting. Yeah. Just um, I know the American and UK police are very different. But... Um, it just kind of highlights. It does. And, and, and this is the disparity about. in life that is uncomfortable to face, that people who do so much physically, emotionally, um, psychologically, um, don't get the financial reward for it. And they themselves then have that extra struggle of having to live. Mm. We're expecting people in the service to do their very best for us, never to make mistakes because, oh, you know, if they make mistakes, we're going to go on Facebook and we're going to write to the Daily Mail and, and, and tell them what we think of them. And yet we're also asking them to live really meagerly. Mm. Whereas it, sometimes it appears that the people who are mm. being paid handsomely can make mistakes uh, and, and we forgive them in a heartbeat. And these are people mm. who aren't putting their lives on the line, aren't being yeah. psychologically and emotionally and physically tested on a daily basis. And there, there's something there's something wrong with that mm. picture. And I, I don't know what yeah, it is my, and my I don't know how to fix it. I don't have any answers at all. I, I, I'm quite stoic. I know it's the way it's always been and it probably mm. will always be the way it will always be. But I hope, again going back to COVID and our lockdown, that people think about these things. I hope that they forgive a lot more or tolerate a lot more mm -hmm. and understand. Be em you know, use empathy. Be empathetic. If you're dealing with a police officer who's perhaps a little bit uh, overzealous, mm -hmm. shall we say. Um, you know, I'm reading a lot of articles about 
police officers getting into uh, a spot of bother with the public. They just want to go out and you know enjoy the sunshine, and the police are telling them no. I'm I'm not backing those police officers who who, who are being really rude, arrogant, and overstepping the mark. Of course not. But if other if the public can say, well, you know, not all police officers are like this. Maybe this police officer having a bad day himself. We don't know what he or she's going through. Mm. Just take a step mm. back out of the situation. Take the ego yeah. out of it. Even if the other person doesn't, whether this is police or not, even if you're having a uh, an argument with anybody, take your ego out of the arena for just a minute. It doesn't mm. matter. Say, well, he hasn't taken his ego out of it. That's fine. Mm. You take yours out. That's what's the most important. One of you has to do it. It's best if both of you can do it, but once your egos are in there, um, mm. neither of you is going to back down. That's kind of what we're seeing, isn't it? And it's like um, I saw a lot of cases where people have been in the park but, and being told to move on. But the thing is, these people in the park, nine times out of ten, probably live in locations or flats Correct. where they don't have access to a garden or they don't have access to uh certain areas and Me you know too. these Me too. i mean i'm very very fortunate to have a garden um that i can sit in and and uh like yourself and you know like instead of just kind of like labeling you know you just yeah it needs to be more mindful i mean it's difficult isn't it like where can people go if not allowed to go to the park and they can't gather around i mean i know some people um some friends of mine who yeah live in yeah. built up areas and you know, they have to go for a walk around the block or yeah. just go f- try and go for a walk somewhere. Um, and if you don't drive, yeah. then, or you can't, you're not allowed to drive to certain locations to go for a walk, can you? So that makes it even harder. Um, I mean, I'm fortunate where I live because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of coastal and country walks around me, but I, I've seen more police in this yeah. area. There was a police helicopter flying over by the golf club the other day, and um, it kind of it kind of hovered over me and my brother yeah. whilst walking the dogs. And I was like, "Oh gosh, is it going to land and tell us to go home or something?" Like, I'd, but yeah, you know, we've got I, to I just think do our bit. You're absolutely right, right Adam. We, we have to be mindful, because... and we have to be considerate. This is this is really what I feel this lockdown. And this virus should be teaching us is that we have to be mindful of others. We have to be more tolerant of other people. Mm. Um, we have to consider others. And this, I think, has been this for me. Reading mm. all the articles in the news and, and, and on social media is is that we're finding this a struggle as a race. We're finding thinking about other people difficult. Um, we're finding being considerate for others difficult. Mm. And that saddens me. Mm. People who just want to go out um, and stand next to someone else in mm. a queue because they're not considering that maybe you're a silent carrier and and never mind that you could infect them, that they can infect you back. You know, we're just not considering enough. We're just so selfish. I want what I want. And therefore, yeah. no one's going to stop me getting what I want. And and I I despair that this is a this is a result of going back to politics and economics, unregulated capitalism that that we've 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 been allowed, mm. we've been permitted to behave in this way. 
we've been told it's good. Greed is good. You know, it's almost so 80s. We're almost going back to the film Wall Street. I mean, I thought we'd left all that behind in the 90s, and it just seems to have revisited us 20 yeah. years later. It's just like, come on, guys, have we not learned anything? We, we, we've been mm. through this already. We've learned that greed is not good. Again, no, no one's saying we want to become socialists or communists or anything like that, but we have mm. to have balance and we have to know when to employ all these cutthroat taking advantage strategies in mm. business and when to take your foot off the pedal and say, no, now I need to be charitable. Now I need to give. Because otherwise we're not, we're not going to live very long as, uh, as a race if we are extremist in our economic and political principles. Mm. We're not just hardwired to work, work. Well, we, you know, life should be more than just Well, we, work, Again, work, going work, back work, to that point, we need to be asking ourselves, well, why am I doing this? To be a bit of in between. Even, why is my company doing this? What is their ethos? What is their mm. mission statement? What is their belief? What is the reason that my business exists. Mm. Is it for good or is it for bad? Is it morally questionable? Is mm. it ethical? And are you comfortable with it? And do you know what your, what your place is in that company? Mm. Where are you headed in the next five years, as they often ask you in, in entry interviews? Do you have a plan? Do you, do you like where, where your company's going? And do you think, well, yeah, you know, I want to be a leader. I want mm. to be a manager because I like where the company's going. Or do you think, actually, I don't really like what my company does, or I certainly don't like mm. my job in the company. I think it's, it, you know, it's not good. I'm selling something I don't believe in to people who don't need it. Mm. Yeah. I've, I've had, I remember having a telephone interview once and it was for a corporate job and um, it was um, recruitment. And, I had an interview with this like hot-headed manager and I was on the phone for about 20 minutes and it was going really well. And then she asked me like, you know, what else do you do? And I said, oh, I'm training to be a life coach and X, Y, Z. And um, she was like, oh, so um, how much time do you put towards that? And I was like, look, it's just, you know, something like a little passion I enjoy doing on the side. It doesn't affect work. I can do it my own time. And then she completely kind of shut me down and was like, well, you're, we don't want to recruit you if you, you're not passionate about mm. this job and you're passionate about, you know, something else. And I was like, they, they, you know, they, they, they basically want your soul in another way. They want crazy. you to be eating like, and sleeping their job. Yeah. Or the job that they're going to give you. Yeah. And it, I felt, re- I felt, yeah, I felt really drained. And I was like, you know, we shouldn't be like this. You know, if someone's got a passion for something on the side, we should be promoting that and saying, you know, that's a really good job. That could probably work um, within our company. Correct. That those skills that you're Correct. doing could help you within this work. And that's that's some and that's something that that's something I had in another interview, you know, that was promoting that on the side. And they were saying, Oh, well, that could work within this. And I thought, oh, that's great. Um so, you know, like, yeah, people have all got these different passions and side hustles and um, interests that should be promoted. You know, like, we shouldn't be selling our souls to these companies, you know, like, um, like I, I did a video yesterday on my Instagram and I said, you know, we're in the unknown right now. 
and it's going to present lots of different thoughts and emotions to be fired off in us and we don't like uncertainty and we're in the middle of it but a lot of people don't um they don't create opportunities or create that business because of the unknown and uncertainty so if, if we can deal with the unknown and the uncertainty now what's stopping people from creating that business exactly. and but this is what YouTube i said to you right at the beginning that it's been you know bred I mean? out of us by companies such as those that you've just described who mm. then employ people who give their entire life to the company and god forbid that that company goes bust or they lose their job or they're fired or what have you mm. these poor people and, I, and they are poor because i, I feel sorry for them that they, that they, they didn't stand up mm. earlier in their lives they are then lost They've only ever done, they've given mm. their, practically their soul to this company yeah. and the company just either falls apart or, 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 or they're fired or they're, or they're made redundant. And this person hasn't had time for a hobby. This person hasn't had time to mm. uh, garner relationships outside of, of, of work. And this is irresponsible mm. and borderline inhumane. This is something that companies need to be mm. Uh, look, the companies aren't going to change. Mm. People like you've you've already mentioned, uh, big hitters okay. in, in in industry, they're not going to change, and we shouldn't kid ourselves that they are. They're not going to suddenly wake up and have an epiphany tomorrow mm. and be nicer people. We, as people, as prospective customers yeah. and prospective employees, need to be wary. We need to hold them to account where possible, and we just need to plainly stay away from these industries if 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 we're in a in a financial position to do so and take a different line of work, a different job with a different company that does allow us our individuality. Mm. And sometimes mm. if you see, and I'm coming back to myself here about writing on LinkedIn, if, if, if and I apologize, if you happen to read some of my, my comments yeah. again, and I, and, and, I, and I come across vitriolic and bitter, it's because I, I get angry <laughs> that I'm not seeing these things that we need. I'm seeing lots of people saying, oh, you know, um, you just be you. That's great, but guess what? A lot of companies won't allow you to be you. They won't even hire you because you're different and you're unique and you're being you. And until I find companies and businesses and industries that do allow you, as you mm. just said, to, to, to tell uh, your interview, oh, I'd like to do this in my spare time and that in my spare time. If companies are still going to say, oh, dear, ooh, well, that's going to jar with, 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 uh, with what we do here and we're worried that it's going to take too much of your time. Until that changes, I'm afraid that I, uh, I'm very cynical about the whole UBU thing. I've had that myself. I, I've gone for job interviews mm. and I've had exactly mm. the same thing. Oh, what do you do in the spare time making? Well, on Saturdays, I like to, to do mentoring. I also teach English online to a couple of Brazilian people. Um, and uh, I like to do litter picking and I like to do this. And I like to do that. And I see a mm. sort of sharp intake of breath. <sighs> Right. Okay. So you're quite busy then. Well, no. Yeah. It's just you know, I, I can handle it. Yeah, but it's just that. Well, you know, we may need you to do some work on on a Saturday, and uh, yeah. if you're busy doing that, I think, oh god, here we go. Right. So are you telling me that you know me and you know that I can't mm. cope, which I think is uh, a little bit rude, or are you just telling me that you are jealous? And you don't like sharing me, which is also a little bit rude. Mm. Um, you know, 
Yeah. Uh, in the end, they give it away for me. I, I, I make the call that I don't want to work for them. And I think, well, that, that's just me. And I, mm -hmm. I appreciate, I totally appreciate. Because well, I can't married. do that, Adrian. You know, I've got mouths to feed and I have to take any job that I'm, I understand that. I understand that. And trust me, I'm very close to that at the moment myself. Um, mm. But as I said, if you can, if mm. you can, <laughs> only if you're in a position to turn those people down, we need to take the power away from them. We need to say, I'm not going to be treated like that. I have a life outside of work. Hmm. I've heard there are a lot of, um, I'm going to be sweepingly general here, and I, and I hmm. apologize for it in advance. A lot of, a lot, I said a lot, not all, a lot of American and even Japanese corporations that, that are like this. Um, I know that because I've had friends who have worked for American companies and my own father who's worked for a Japanese company. And they were very much of the opinion that company comes first and hmm. family comes a distant second. And that is that happened well during my childhood that I didn't see my father a lot because of uh, the company policy that you know he had mm. to work as many hours as they told him he had to work. It wasn't we didn't have all the European human rights and and all those things back then in those days, so there wasn't a limit on how many hours you could work in a week. And um, they they mm. used and abused my dad, um, and and these are well, things I'm against. We need to stop this. We need to say to companies, well, I'm sorry, you're unethical or you're, <laughs> you, 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 you're not making the right noises. I, I need to think of my family and I, I, want to, um, I, want to, I want to see my family grow up. I want to see my kids grow up. And uh, it sounds like we should, do the, we should be doing the deep intake of breath mm. when we're being into, oh, sounds like you're, going to, uh, you're not going to allow me to see my kids very much mm. on the weekend. Mm, I don't think you're really right for me. We should be doing that, not them. Mm. Mm. It's, it's a bit of a backward system, isn't it, when you think of it? Because if you think exactly. of the life, your work, if your family life's great, then you're going to work better. If exactly. You're doing exactly. Those hobbies, and, you know, and, else, and this is going back to the part we talked about the nurses and the fire and the police so, and the emergency services in general. We need to be making sure that they're all right. Because if they're having a terrible time at home, they're not able to, to, mm. to, to meet their payments. How do you think they're going to act when they're at work? I know we all expect people to leave their personal troubles at the door, mm. but it's just, it, it's almost impossible. We're human mm. beings. Everything affects us. Mm. You can only, um, some people, you know, you know, you can only take so much and manage so much until, right. like, as well, because you then bring whatever you're, you've got going on into your work, and it can be hard to um, put that aside whilst you're at work. I can only uh, imagine. Yeah. Restaurants and hotels and like full you know, on stressful. And you've crazy. got your manager barking at you, and you've got yeah. the customer barking at you. <laughs> There's so much going. Yeah, yeah and you. Yeah, and then, then you've got chefs and, yeah. you know, like it's, you know, it's like in a lot of corporations, isn't it? There's a lot going on and, um, you know, we kind of need to be mindful of people's situations and, um, you know, this is, I think with what's happening as well, this is going to highlight yeah. a lot because I think a lot of people are realising that they can do the same work they do at work at home. So, 
I think oh, we'll see more people without working. Without a doubt, Adam. Uh, without a doubt. And this to me is interesting. This is this is the uh, the unknown, the great unknown. How is that going to affect our economy? And not only the economy in our country, but on the planet. How is that going to change um, how mm. how we interact with each other? If we're going to do more online uh, meetings. We're not going to need half of the office space we've needed before. That's going to affect property prices. Mm. Um, what are we going to do with all those empty buildings? I've got an idea. There are plenty of homeless people, uh, but I'm sure that you know politicians have other other ideas. Um, these are all questions that are, are, are go- have to be answered in in the next uh, in the next <laughs> six, twelve, eighteen, twenty four yeah. months. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. really interesting, and also really- work. If so many people are going to find themselves out of work, either because the businesses they worked for have, have, have gone bust um, or the, the business finds that they don't need them anymore uh, because of, of a scaling down, what are these people going to do? We can't have half, I'm exaggerating a bit, but it feels like we can't have half the country unemployed. Mm. There's going to have to be some kind of volunteer project to keep people occupied. The main thing to do mm. is occupy people's minds we we can all pay people to to to, to go on uh, universal credit that but mm, we can mm. do that whether it's good for the country economically that's for another question but what i mean is okay you've covered those people having money to buy uh, food so they're okay there but what are they actually going to do with their time and while businesses are still finding their feet we mm. should be making sure that people aren't continuing to go mad in their houses with nothing to do. We need volunteer projects, which can then later perhaps turn into businesses. Let's get people out there. Let's have a rethink about about how much we pay our local Mm -hmm. council because council tax never comes down. And with volunteers, as I've already said, I've seen volunteers going out there, litter picking, cutting back all the hedges, cutting um, grass sidings on, on roads. What do we pay our council for? So that needs to be looked at, and we need to get volunteers out there doing stuff, keeping mm-hmm. busy, um, taking care of our elderly, bolstering the, the good the good work that our carers do, and um, keeping people sane is what I'm trying to do. I'm not talking about, oh, ageing is really socially. No, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, yeah. this is a short stop uh, solution, keeping people sane so they don't go mad indoors. We don't. We then don't have to call the police so much because people are beating themselves up. Um, I'm just thinking logically and practically for the immediate future. Maybe people will find something. Mm. When you're doing something, when you're volunteering, mm. oh, maybe you'll find, oh, I love doing this. I've got a great idea for a business. Bish, bash, bosh. You've got, you've got a business on your hands. Hmm. Hmm. That's exactly it, isn't it? And it's just a matter you of have to. just taking that leap, isn't it? That leap of faith almost. Absolutely. Like, this is a perfect time to got, find out what it is you like and don't like. Think, well, I've never tried that before. Let me yeah. go and volunteer, see if I like it, do it for a week. Ah, I hate it. Mm. Go and find another volunteering project, which is completely mm. different. Oh, I love this. I could see myself doing this. Mm. 
But we'll see, Adam. I mean, this is just pie in the sky. This is just me talking. Mm. I don't know if any of this is actually going to come to pass. Yeah. I just think it wouldn't be a bad idea for for the nation to, after lockdown, mm. to consider uh, volunteering on a massive scale in order just simply to keep them sane. Mm. Because after the lockdown, if people haven't got work, what on earth are you going to do? Mm. Prepare. We talked about right at the very beginning, your, your first words were about preparation, yeah. preparing for the future. No, this is what I'm trying to do. Prepare or help people to do. Prepare yourselves mm. for the future. After lockdown, what is your life going to be like? What are your days going to be filled mm. with? Because guess what? If you haven't prepared, they're going to be filled with more of the same. You sitting mm. at home, looking at a computer screen, applying for jobs. And you're going to go slowly but surely mad. You're also going to lose skills. Yeah. Get out there. Mm. Start doing stuff. Oh, but it's, you know, I'm not earning any money. I'm sorry about that. I'm not earning any money either. But I'm still keeping my skills sharp. I'm still talking to people. And I love doing what I do. Mm. And eventually, yeah. eventually, I'll get a business out of it. Mm. Eventually, I will. Be positive, as I said. Mm. One of the skills is to that's, be positive. That's... Mm. Mm. No, I couldn't agree more, Adrian. And um, I'm completely on the, on the same page. And I think, in, what, in regards to people, you know, just doing things and creating something, you know, like just do it. Like, because I, I said in the video previously, like when all this is said and yeah. done and, you know, right. people go back to work, like, you'll be back at work. You won't have that time right. that you do now to do that thing that you want to create and do. And, um, you know, now's kind of a golden opportunity. And I know a lot of people are probably restricted and can't exercise. Of course or do there are. I appreciate that too. You've been online, support, I don't want to use the word um, coach, but, but be support for somebody online if you can't leave the house. Someone needs something that you have mm. believe it or not you can be the beacon of light for somebody maybe not the masses mm. but for one mm. person i've often consoled myself with that when i felt a bit sad that oh you know nobody wants what i've mm. got no one listens to anything i write no one reads anything i write no one listens to anything i say and then i thought even if one person just one if i mm. save one person from feeling so bad if I save one person from, from committing suicide, if I give one person hope for the future, um, I will feel justified. Mm. It's not mm. about, oh, look, I've got 100,000 people reading my post. It's not about yeah. that. What's we have made it that, Instagram, Facebook, no. with all these likes, and we have to educate, we have to, we have to re-educate ourselves. This is not the way forward. We should not be judging ourselves so badly mm. by looking at how many likes and followers we have. This is not an indication of whether we are good human beings. It must not. It must not be a numbers game. It shouldn't just be a numbers just, game. You know, it? There's and, always uh, that old saying, oh, well, 100,000 people can't be wrong. Guess what? They can be. <laughs> Do what's good. Do what's right. You know in your heart what the right thing to do is yeah. to do that. Just do that. Don't do it because, oh, well, as people change, tell you on, on, on LinkedIn, mm. oh, if you're not getting the followers, change your content. No, do not change your content. If what you're writing is the truth, if you're, what you're writing is about yourself 
and your own opinion based on things that have happened to you and your own experience, I want to read about it. I don't want you to change your content just just to fit in with uh, whatever the other clones or sheep want to read. Because I can read that off a thousand other people. I want something unique. I want something different. Mm. I want to learn a different perspective, as uncomfortable as that may be. Mm. If you can't get out and do something, mm. do something mm. online. Start a, start a blog. Oh, start a blog. Do something. You can do it. Um, or or yeah. if, if you can get out, mm. um, oh, well, I don't know which group to join. Um, have you always wanted oh. to work on a farm like me? Um, when this is all over, I'm thinking of um, doing some fruit picking for the farms for harvest time, if we're allowed out by then. Never done it before. Uh, like the sound of it, being out in nature, picking some nice. fruit. Nice. Um, so I thought I'd just go along to my local farm and uh, just offer my two hands. Mm. Just do something. Just, just go along and talk to people. Be nice. Hello, mate. Um, you got any? I want yeah. to do some work. You know, not asking for, for any money. Um, I want to learn a skill. If you've got the time to teach me, uh, I've got the mm. capacity to learn something new. And um, who knows? I might actually be quite good at it. In which case, next season, I may actually ask to be paid a mm. wage for it. <laughs> You know, if you're not good at something, it's like I do. People always say, well, how, do you, how did you start off like teaching? Yeah. You've never been a teacher. Like you've never been through teaching school or got a degree in it. Well, I didn't know I was any good. So I offered my first class for mm -hmm. free. Mm -hmm. So the student could tell me whether they liked my style of teaching uh, or whether they thought I was any good. Yeah. So that way I didn't feel bad of feeling like I'm hoodwinking people into parting with cash mm. uh, if I was no good. Do something for free. And mm. after you feel that you're actually, mm. you've actually nailed this, then you can start charging. But a bit of humility, be humble at the beginning. Uh, I don't know if I'm any good at this. So guess what? You're yeah. going to get my time for free and I'm actually learning something for free. Mm. I completely agree with that. And oh, it's yeah. like what my mom did. Um, my mom's like a psychotherapist. And when she was, training she she did a lot of sessions with people for free but you know yeah. and she did lots of training and she you know Correct. didn't charge for you know a long time because you're kind Correct. of building on those skills aren't you you're kind of building on your your craft almost and um it, i don't think it's the same i i think like that's kind of like instant gratification isn't it we we, we want things now and quick whereas whereas if we have that uh, long-term kind of gratification, delayed gratification, where you're kind of in the process and you're grinding yeah, towards I mean, that thing. It is. It? It's exactly. It's about personal growth. It's far more beneficial. It's being the best you can be, and the only way you're going to do that is by continually practicing. And then we have to balance that with putting food on the table. Mm. As I always, I, I keep saying this: if you're in a position to do so, if you have. Yeah. Uh, a money cushion and you're able to do something for free then try and do something for free try and do something mm. voluntarily try and learn something voluntarily and later you will reap the rewards um, the mm. teaching online I do at the moment you know I do for free because I don't do it every day I do it once a week so I I get rusty and mm. I feel bad after I've had a, an hour or two hour lesson. 
and I come away and I think, oh God, you know, I, I, I forgot that and I should have said this and I didn't do this and I didn't say that. Mm. And then I think, well, thank God I didn't charge for it. <laughs> because, because then I, you know, the other person's fine, my student's fine, but I feel bad. <laughs> yeah. And then I've had a learning curve. I've learned something. I think, well, I'll write that down and remember that for next time. I don't want to be bullshy mm. and arrogant and say that I know it all and that's why I'm charging X amount mm. per hour because I'm being humble. I'm being honest. I don't know it all, but I do have mm. something to impart. I know that I know I have knowledge to impart, so I'm mm. imparting it, but I don't feel I'm an expert. So therefore I don't charge. Some people are very nice. Mm. Say, do you know what agent can't, I can't get away with this. I'm, I'm not allowing mm. you to teach me for an hour without me paying you. And they pay me anyway. So that's why I say be humble, be friendly, and you'll get your rewards one mm -hmm. way or another. Mm. No, that's really, really nice. People would surprise themselves with the, with the results. You know, people should do If you're open, that. honest, humble, and polite, these are things that don't cost you anything and will reap amazing rewards and not just financially, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Mm. I've made incredible friendships that way. I've, I've, I've made incredible friendships, mm. lifelong friendships that way. And that's kind of These are from students. These are from business partners. These are from people I've worked with. Mm. And when you look... Yes, Adam. Yes, when you look back on it, you want to look at the head. things that you did do, isn't it? You do want to look back on things people. that you have done, and you want to feel proud. Well, I did it anyway. I didn't think I had it in me. I didn't think I had the experience. I didn't think I had the professionalism. I didn't think I had the qualifications. Go and do it. Someone will thank you for it. Mm. Mm. That's great. <laughs> We always do this, two like, hours to the minute. Got a minute left. <laughs> Adam, likewise. No, I've had a really great, it's been really Anytime, great talk Adam. to you, Adrian. It's, it's always and, a pleasure uh, for me. And great, great, um, as I said, it's, it's cathartic for me. It's therapeutic. And I, I love talking to you. You're very easy to talk to. I hope that, yeah, I, yeah. I just hope that, 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 Again, even if it's just one yeah. person who listens oh, and, and gets something out of it, I'll feel, I'll feel happy. Well, I just there's nothing left yeah. for me except to wish you and your family oh, and, and everyone listening, um, you know, but, health uh, and, and, and safety and sanity, and um, we'll do all this again soon. Hmm. Will do, Adam. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure thing, Adrian. Take care, Thank mate. you. It really means Bye. a lot. You take you take care. No, you're welcome. Take care. Bye. Got it. Adam, got it. Adam, got it. Parsivity, 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 Hi, I'd just like to say a massive thank you for tuning into this podcast and I'm really, really grateful to be on this path and journey with you all. 
If you would ever like to provide feedback, you can do so by going on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review, or you can send me an email at the positivitypodcast.gmail.com. All feedback is much appreciated. If you would like to donate anything at all, I have a Patreon account where you can donate a small amount and you get exclusive content from the podcast. Or I also have a PayPal if you would like to donate anything as well. Just a small gesture. And all donations all go towards the podcast and making it a better experience for you all. Now, I hope you have a great day and stay tuned for more episodes.